This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach! Give me great food. Tacos! Give me adventure. Hiking! Give me a date night. Sunset cruise! Give me some smiles. Cheese! Give me more beaches. Beaches! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gigillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig for details. Hello and welcome to Saver, a production of iHeartRadio. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we have an episode for you about dragon fruit. Yes, we do. Oh, because as mentioned, Life Day, very important holiday for me. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, just passed. This is the infamous Star Wars holiday special, 1979, where we were introduced to a Wookiee holiday. Um, I would call it Star Wars Christmas meets Thanksgiving. <laughs> oh, okay, um, yeah. But it was presented in a 70s variety show, and um, it, was a, it was a ride, is what we'll say. <laughs> but <laughs> I'll also say Life Day has gone mainstream. There are now, like, official things, like, not fan-made things, official oh. things you can buy around Life Day. Oh, there wow. is a cookbook that I have. And as I was getting ready for Life Day, which is on November 17th, um, I was perusing this cookbook and I was looking for something we could talk about that would be Life Day adjacent. And we've done a lot of them already. Uh, but one ingredient I kept seeing was dragon fruit. Oh, um, okay. Okay. Yes. Which I suspect is for its, you know, in heavy quotes, like otherworldly experience. It is a unique looking <laughs> It's, thing. Yeah, they 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 look they look stunning, honestly. And uh yes. I I feel like there has been there, there's definitely been a show that was not set on this world that I watched relatively recently in which a nice prop master had just like put a dragon fruit out on a table. And I was like, yes. "Huh. Huh, okay. Cool." Yeah. I mean, they're really really beautiful. Um I don't think I've never bought one. I've never oh, attempted no. to cut one, although 
uh, I'm I'm eager to learn more from you, Lauren. But I hear it's not that hard. It looks like it'd be difficult. Um, yeah, no. Um, I, I've 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 purchased exactly one um, <laughs> to to kind of yeah. I was like, what is this about? Let's find out. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, to be honest, the one that I got wasn't super exciting to me. Like it's again very pretty, extremely mm-hmm. photogenic. Um, but uh, but the flavor to me was kind of just bland. Um, but, uh, mm-hmm. but I've heard that that's something that a lot of producers are working with to try to improve, um, and that there's different bridles that are a little bit more strongly flavored. So, uh, so yeah, or, or maybe I just got a dud. I mean, it's a natural product that, that can, <laughs> that can happen. Um, yeah. but yeah, yeah, uh, definitely not difficult to work with. Like they look like they're going to give you a lot of trouble. Um, but it was, right. it was, I mean, I would liken it to an apple. Or, oh. or, or orange experience, yeah. Well, their their insides are also pretty striking. So I feel yeah. like I have had it in like a fruit bowl situation. I feel like I've had it. Sure. I've just never personally bought it, cut it, worked with it. But I think I have had it. And a lot of descriptions I've read was that it's kind of a very, despite its <laughs> fabulous appearance, yeah. it's kind of a milder taste. Yeah, totally. Um, so... I don't know. I would love to hear more from listeners about this. I have not currently made the recipes, I guess clearly, uh, <laughs> from the Life Day cookbook that include dragon fruit. Um, but I'm interested. I I am interested. I All like right. a good nerdy recipe. This year we just <laughs> ordered it in because it was a very busy day. Oh, sure. Um, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, but, but yeah, yeah, yeah. As soon as you do, you'll have to, you'll have to update us. Well, as you know, I have long been threatening slash cajoling you to watch the Life Day special with me. So perhaps that will be the day. Oh, yeah. Uh, All right. Sure. But in the meantime, dragon fruit. What is it? Well, uh, dragon fruit are the fruit of a type of cactus, and they do look just really wild, uh, sort of alien or, or dragon-like, I guess, hence the name. Um, uh, they, they grow to about the size of a fist. Uh, they're sort of oval in shape and have um, the, the skin that has these like large, spiked, protective, waxy leaves, enclosing this uh, crisp, juicy, kind of like mildly sweet and sour to maybe a little bit earthy flesh that's shot through with tiny black seeds. And the the, the leaves and the flesh can both come in stunning colors, like um, deep magenta, like the color out of space, like absolutely like violet magenta, um, sometimes with the, with the tips of the leaves, um, green in contrast. And, uh, and the flesh can be a similar color, too, um, or a little bit lighter pinkish or white. But even when it is white, it, it its contrast with those black seeds is just so striking. Um, the flesh is usually what people are going for, though the leaves and flowers um, or the skin and flowers are also edible. Um, that flesh is either eaten raw or processed into beverages or desserts. It, uh, yeah, it looks like a dragon egg. That's what it looks like. It looks like the egg of a dragon, and it <laughs> tastes crisp and refreshing, like a kind of like a mild pear with crunchy little seeds, um, kind of like kiwi seeds. Um, it's a, uh, it is, it is like someone from Props wished real hard for like a sustainable bit of set dressing that grows on trees. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And here the dragon fruit is. Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, there you go. 
Um, mm-hmm. Or, okay, not not technically on trees because, uh, yes, uh, but botanically, dragon fruit plants are categorized as a few species within the Hylocereus genus, which is part of the cactus family. In the Americas, they're sometimes called Pitaya or uh, Pitaya, which can lead to a little bit of confusion because there are some other cactus fruits that go by the same name. There's also a little bit of confusion about their genus classification. Um, as as we've talked about before, taxonomy is something that scientists like kind of enjoy arguing about. Um, but in this case, the plants are not helping because uh, they do cross-pollinate easily. So anyway, uh, yes, <laughs> this plant is a cactus. Um, and if you've ever seen uh, what's called a, a Christmas cactus, although I don't know why they're called that, because their genus name is Schlumbergera, which is amazing. Yes. Um, <laughs> like, give me the option to call something Schlumbergera, and I am on top of that. <laughs> yes. Anyway, uh, Christmas cactus, um, the dragon fruit plant looks a little bit like a version of that that has just gone truly huge, just absolutely like Jurassic in size. Uh, or, or if you're familiar with the orchid cactus, um, uh, yeah, uh, the the dragon fruit plant is closely related to that. It is a, a tropical to subtropical cactus that grows these uh, these thick, fleshy, jointed stems, um, just like big old clusters of these flat-ish, ribbed, wavy branches, um, often with small spikes coming off of the sides. The number of ribs on each stem is being pointed to as a way to distinguish different genera, um, Hylocereus or Selenocereus. Uh, that's that's not that's that's more detail than you probably needed, but I found it fascinating. Anyway, here we go. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, <laughs> they are planted in the ground, but those stems can grow like twenty feet long. Um, so they're given trellises that they can climb up along and then kind of drape back down over, um, and the and they'll put out aerial roots out into the trellises. And the the overall effect when they reach full size is like a like a huge draping kind of meaty fern um, or or like a willow. The plants can live about 30 years, and once they're mature, they can produce some 100 kilos, that's about 220 pounds, of fruit every year. Wow. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They do that by, uh, okay, the, uh, the, the tips of the stems might flower during warm months with these big, pretty, fragrant, like white to cream or maybe pink flowers. Um, the flowers can grow up to like 14 by 9 inches. That's like 35 by 25 centimeters. It's big. Um, they only open at night. And I, I think I have this correct. They open for one night only. Yeah. Whoa. Uh, and thus depend on night pollinators like moths or bats uh, or more likely human intervention in order to grow fruit. The fruit that develops is, uh, again, oblong, uh, maybe about four and a half inches or 11 centimeters thick or so. It comes in four basic varieties. Okay, um, uh, pinkish red skin with flesh that's either white, pinkish red, or purple, or yellow skin uh, with flesh that's white. All of them, again, have the same small black seeds, and all are relatively mild in flavor. Um, I've read that the yellow types taste a little stronger and sweeter. Uh, Again, if you've never seen one, they are stunning. Um, 
if you have experience with these different varietals, write in and let us know. Um, yes. <laughs> Uh, it is often eaten raw, uh, peeled and diced, or maybe scooped directly from a halved fruit, and then, you know, used however you use fresh fruit, um, on its own or in sweet or savory dishes. It's also sold frozen for these uses, but it can be made into, like, juice or wine or cooked down into jam or processed into desserts, um, especially frozen desserts and, like, jellies, like gelatins, Yeah. But yeah, the peel is also edible. Um, I understand it's a little bit bitter and used perhaps more like processed for color than for actual flavor. Uh, syrups made from it are used to color pastries and candies. It's sometimes dried and then used to uh, to steep in hot water as a sort of tea or deep fried into chips and eaten as a snack or a topping on other dishes. Ooh. I know, right? Huh. Mm. Uh, speaking <laughs> of deep frying, the flowers are also edible. Um, and they can be cooked like you would cook uh, any kind of soft vegetable, um, you know, simmered into a soup or sautéed or battered and deep fried. Sold. <laughs> Sold on all of the above. <laughs> um, the fruit is also prized as like an ornamental object. And I've read that it's a symbol of good fortune in, in some uh, Chinese cultures in particular. Again, right in. Um, also, its extracts, especially those bright pigments, are being investigated for various uses as a dye for, uh, for, for foods and cosmetics uh, and for potential um, medicinal properties. Yes. Well, what about the nutrition? Uh, by itself, dragon fruit is pretty good for you. Uh, lots of fiber, a little bit of protein, smattering of micronutrients, not too much sugar. As with other vegetation, um, the more brightly colored they are, the more like extra nutritional punch-ups they're likely to contain. Um, it's really great for adding crunch and, and visual interest to a, a salad or a yogurt parfait or other fresh dishes like that. Um, you know, it'll help fill you up, but to keep you going, pair it with a protein and a fat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just like dragons do, so I hear. Um, <laughs> we do have some numbers for you. We do. Um, okay, as of this year, 2023, uh, the global market for dragon fruit was valued at over $14 billion and growing. Um, wow. Asia Pacific grows and consumes the most, um, uh, but Europe is the fastest growing market segment. The U.S. imports most of our dragon fruit from Vietnam. Uh, they are the world's largest producer. Um, they grow about half of the world's supply of dragon fruit. And we're not even their largest importer. Um, that honor goes to China, which imports as much as 80% of what Vietnam grows. Uh how much was that? Uh, as of 2019, I can tell you Vietnam had about 55,000 hectares of land planted with dragon fruit and was producing some 1.2 million metric tons every year. Wow. Hoofed it. Mm -hmm. Also, side note, I still cannot get over the fact that someone named their market research company Mordor Intelligence. <laughs> it gets me every time. <laughs> I know, and I feel like we've never gotten to the bottom of this, but every time we're like, did they do that? How intentional was this? <laughs> I, you know, I haven't looked that hard because I kind of don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> mm, it's fair. 
I just hope it's nerds. I hope it's nerds. Um, uh, mm. Back to dragon fruit. Uh, other economically important producers include uh, Thailand, Israel, Mexico, Colombia, and Taiwan. Uh, okay, there's a couple festivals for dragon fruit here and there. Um, 2023 marked the second annual dragon fruit festival in the province of uh, Gamaras in the Philippines. I hope I'm saying that right. I did look it up. Um, uh, they have, they, th this is the second year they've held this 10-day agro-tourism event uh, in, in August. Events include a parade with dragon fruit-inspired costumes, um, farm tours, music, and some like educational slash business type sessions. Yeah. Uh, the area has about 28 hectares planted, producing some 15 tons of fruit a year. Meanwhile, a small town in Mexico called uh, Miraflores held its 31st annual uh, Piraaya Festival this year in July, and it features many kinds of cactus fruits, and there's music and uh, foods like jams and drinks and sherbets made from the fruit and uh, a horse cavalcade. Oh yeah, yeah, cavalcade. <laughs> yeah, big, uh, big horse horse rearing area, uh, for, mm. especially in the past. So yeah. Well, as always, listeners, please let us know if you've been oh, to any of these. Oh my events. goodness! Absolutely. Pictures welcome. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, anything about those costumes, I would be excited to hear about. Mm -hmm. uh, yes, but we do have a lot of history for you in the meantime. We do, and we are going to get into that as soon as we get back from a quick break for a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation! Give me a golf course. 70 courses! Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Now I'd like to introduce you to Meaningful Beauty, the famed skincare brand created by iconic supermodel Cindy Crawford. It's her secret to absolutely gorgeous skin. Meaningful Beauty makes powerful and effective skincare simple, and it's loved by millions of women. It's formulated for all ages and all skin tones and types, and it's designed to work as a complete skincare system, leaving your skin feeling soft, smooth, and nourished. I recommend starting with Cindy's Full Regimen, which contains all five of her best-selling products, including the amazing Youth Activating Melody. 
Melon Serum. This next generation serum has the power of Melon Leaf stem cell technology. It's Melon Leaf stem cells encapsulated for freshness and released onto the skin to support a visible reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. With thousands of glowing five-star reviews, why not give it a try? Subscribe today and you can get the amazing Meaningful Beauty system for just $49.95. That includes our introductory five-piece system, free gifts, free shipping, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. All of that available at MeaningfulBeauty.com. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. So, uh, the dragon fruit is native to Mexico, Central America, and South America. This one is kind of a dry one because it's just the records that they have. Um, But these records do indicate uh, records from that region that date back to the 13th century, that it was around there, and that it spread via birds. Producers propagated and cultivated and experimented with dragon fruit to come up with an edible crop. Um, But yeah, in the early days, people and birds spread the seeds to neighboring islands in the Caribbean. Um, But there are a few popular legends about dragon fruit. Okay. Yes. uh, One of the most repeated goes like this. Thousands of years ago, when fire-breathing dragons breathed their last breath, out would come a dragon fruit. Um, Yeah. Uh, And if a human slayed a dragon, they would take the fruit and present it to royalty as proof of their prowess. And the dragon would be butchered and eaten by soldiers who were hoping to be granted the dragon's strength. Um, The meat near the tail, which is where the core of their fire rested, was the most coveted. And the taste for that meat is what led to the extinction of dragons. Ah. Which is a cool story. And again, it is a very visually striking fruit. Yeah. I can totally see that. (laughs) Yeah. I would not be surprised if a dragon coughed one up. No. Not at all. Not at all. (laughs) Um, As with most things, um, colonization and globalization spread dragon fruit production far and wide, most notably in Asia. Uh, The Spanish introduced it to the Philippines in the 16th century. By 1645, it was in China. The French introduced it to Vietnam and surrounding areas sometime around 1860, where, according to some records, it was first grown exclusively for Vietnam's royal family and the wealthy. Uh, It had been introduced to Taiwan before that happened, back in like the 1700s or so, but it didn't become an economic crop until new varieties were reintroduced to Taiwan from Vietnam. A shipment from Mexico heading for China introduced the dragon fruit to Hawaii in 1830. Uh, Apparently, a majority of the crop had died during transport, and this they they were discarded during a stop to Hawaii, but some of them were still alive. And were planted, and then they flourished. Mm. Um, yes, and were at first typically grown as an ornamental crop. Uh, the first known record of dragon fruit in Florida isn't until 1962, though it probably was being cultivated there much earlier than that. Hmm. Um, it was not introduced to Israel until the 1980s, but became a popular commercial crop for export to uh, to Europe due to... Israel's proximity to Europe. 
Yes. Um, and beginning in the 20th century, dragon fruit was being grown commercially on a wide scale in many places, including in Southeast Asian countries and even more particularly in Vietnam. Yes. Um, in other cases, it has become naturalized or classified as an invasive species. Mm-hmm. Yes. In many places like South Africa and Brazil, it was introduced as an ornamental plant and then became invasive. Yeah. Um, but right, you know, like the, the the spread of this of this fruit, the fruit is a little bit delicate when it's fresh, which means that as shipping technologies have improved, it's created interest in new markets, which has then created interest in new growing areas as it is uh, or, or certainly can be a, a high value crop. Um, each individual fruit may be sold for like a couple bucks a piece, uh, working out to like eight dollars or more a pound. Right. And there is a lot of interest in this. I found a um, an article specifically about dragon fruit in California and San Diego County. Um, so since 2007, the Wallace Ranch Dragon Fruit Farm in San Diego County has hosted a dragon fruit production tour for growers of all levels. Mm. In 2020, they did go on hiatus for two years. But when they opened registration in 2022... It sold out in 24 hours. Um, Yes. uh, One of the participants said of the event that they couldn't recall a year when the event didn't sell out. Oh, wow. Um, I believe Hmm. it's it's 60 people per tour. But yeah, there's an excitement and there's people of all levels. Like I said, there are people who are like looking to get into it. There are people who are into it but want to know more. Like it's – there is an interest for it for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's that's awesome. I mean, they again, they're really beautiful and especially in this our modern era of like inst- Instagrammable foods, um I can see where people would be interested in growing it. Um the yes. plants are also super pretty. Like I like looking up photos of these plants, I was like, do I need to try to grow a dragon fruit plant? Is that what I'm up to? Yes. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So then I can complete my Life Day feast, which, by the way, the the color of Life Day is also red. Oh, so okay. Yeah. Well, dragon fruit also kind of fits in that way. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. It's, it's adjacent. So, sure. Yeah. Oh. Mm, <laughs> well, it, it is like a really... I, I'm not exaggerating at all that I could see it in a lot of like stories and fairy tales about how it came to be because it, it it is I know we've used this word a couple of times but it's striking it is mm-hmm. like visually arresting yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I love that it only opens up at night like maybe <laughs> once that's <laughs> wild <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I really, uh, I, I really want to find a, like a botanical garden that has like a, like a big full plant and take a, take a close up look at it. Cause they sound, they sound really amazing. They do. They do. I want to as well. And I, you know, listeners as always, if you've seen one, if you have pictures, let you, us know. If you've grown please. one. Yeah. Oh my oh, goodness. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, but I think that's what we have to say about the dragon fruit for now. It is, but we do already have some listener mail for you, though, and we are going to get into that as soon as we get back from one more quick break for a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. 
So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a golf course. 70 courses. Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach yoga. How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Now I'd like to introduce you to Meaningful Beauty, the famed skincare brand created by iconic supermodel Cindy Crawford. It's her secret to absolutely gorgeous skin. Meaningful Beauty makes powerful and effective skincare simple, and it's loved by millions of women. It's formulated for all ages and all skin tones and types, and it's designed to work as a complete skincare system, leaving your skin feeling soft, smooth, and nourished. I recommend starting with Cindy's full regimen, which contains all five of her best-selling products, including the amazing Youth Activating Melon. Serum. This next generation serum has the power of melon leaf stem cell technology. It's melon leaf stem cells encapsulated for freshness and released onto the skin to support a visible reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. With thousands of glowing five-star reviews, why not give it a try? Subscribe today and you can get the amazing Meaningful Beauty System for just $49.95. That includes our introductory five-piece system, free gifts, free shipping, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. All of that available at MeaningfulBeauty.com. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. And we're back with your <laughs> The last breath of the dragon. <laughs> Beautiful. We're having kind of a goofy oh, recording day, everybody. We um, are. We are. Um, yeah. <laughs> Life day, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just the joy. The joy is just bubbling up out of us instead of um, viable sentences. So yes, that's, it's fine. Which is sort of a difficulty for podcasting. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. Um, I will say. This letter, which is uh, another letter we're splitting in half because it's a little long, but again, never, that's not a bad thing at no. all. Please keep the long no. letters coming. Yeah. I think also involves something I could see in a life day situation. The durian. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Kenna wrote, I write to you from a place of abject and ignominious defeat. I like to consider myself a fairly adventurous eater and, in fact, have been accused of being a human garbage disposal by my friends. (laughs) I also have a very strong stomach. I've worked in science labs with a variety of smells ranging from paint thinner and hog farts to (laughs) week-old beef ramen slowly rotting in the garbage disposal and have still been able to have a hearty lunch. I'm unfazed by liver and onions, weirdly expensive funky cheeses that I paid too much for on sale to consider throwing out, and the smell of burnt popcorn. And yet, I am defeated. This morning, my brother and I went shopping at the local Southeast Asian supermarket for ingredients for vegan Thanksgiving. Lovely things like mushrooms and black bean paste, baby bok choy, and extra long green beans— bean sprouts and seitan faux beef tips, sesame oil and curry paste. 
as I was trying to remember which persimmons are delicious and which taste like getting a cavity filled, <laughs> he saw it. A singular frozen durian, cracked open like a spiky seed pod, slightly wilted looking but the approximate size of a pineapple. And it was only $7. My brother's eyes lit up. He went to Malaysia earlier this year to do fieldwork for his PhD, and he swore up and down that everyone he met there, including the American students, loved durian. They ate it in the field. They ate it on the bus. <laughs> they ate it on the bus to field sites. They ate it fresh. They ate it in stew. They ate it on rice. They ate it for breakfast. His PhD is now durian-powered. I was mildly, mildly dubious. This is a man who once produced a Mother's Day breakfast of peanut butter and mustard on burnt toast. <laughs> then again, I'm willing, willingly re-engineering a Thanksgiving feast with him, so it's several years too late to doubt his ability to create edible food. Plus, I thought I knew something about durian. I listened to your durian episode way back when, and it was described by alleged experts <laughs> as kind of vanilla-y, kind of custardy, but with an overwhelmingly funky scent. Cheesy, I assumed. Maybe a bit of the off-putting meatiness without substance of bovine serum albumin or the lightly plasticky taste of woodier mushrooms. I remembered garlic and vanilla coming up and figured that the combination was probably off-putting enough to give durian its reputation. Kenna continues, I smelled it. It smelled like lightly sweetened goat cheese with a hint of leeks, uh, overall mild enough to keep in an enclosed room with all the other produce. I figured the intensity of the smell would increase when the fruit was not frozen, but decided I'd give it a try. We bought it and took it to my parents' house to thaw. Fast forward to after dinner, a lovely curry designed to use up whatever was taking up room in the fridge that wasn't earmarked for the feast. The durian, left in my parents' covered porch for several hours, had thawed. Friends, the smell of the durian did not increase. It changed completely. For something so polarizing, it's a weirdly light scent, but it's not sweet or herbal or any scent that most people would name. Instead of smelling like a cheese that didn't know if it was sweet or savory, or like rotting fruit or compost or eggs or anything that had ever been living, it smelled like a gas leak. And not the rotten egg smell of natural gas. It smelled like pumping gas into a rusted-out barrel. It smelled like, like the dirty Bunsen burners in my high school chemistry lab. It smelled like a hundred years worth of tin cans being bathed in lighter fluid. It smelled like someone pickled a rotting leak in kerosene. Indescribable. Ah, it smells like the inside of an oil lamp that someone dissolved Play-Doh in. It smells like a reminder that vanilla on its own doesn't actually taste sweet. It smells like I could strike a match in front of my face and breathe fire, and it tastes like if you removed all the flavor molecules from a banana at the cellular level, turned it into a pudding, and let it sit in a metal tray at a buffet for a week until it developed a pudding skin more durable than plastic wrap. Also, the seed in the middle of each lobe feels strangely compressed, like a little puck of laminate flooring. I had one lobe the approximate size of an apricot. I tried washing my hands and mouth. I tried saltwater gargle. I tried mints. I tried salsa. I tried pickles. I tried inserting my nose directly into a bottle of homemade salad dressing. Nothing worked. 
because once you have eaten the durian, the smell lives inside your sinuses and lungs like it pays rent. Every so often, it will waft back through your brain like a chemical spill. That damn durian is sitting on my parents' porch table like a curse, because my brother insists he's going to finish eating it, even though it is, and I quote, not a good durian. I have retired to Google whether it is safe to put toothpaste into your nostrils. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> this is a work of art. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, my goodness. Oh, wow. Very descriptive. <laughs> hey, thank, thank you, Kenna. Thank you, Annie, for giving me that to read. That was lovely. Mm. Oh, my goodness. Mm. That's beautiful. So good. Very <laughs> dramatic. Felt like reading a horror story. I loved it. Uh, wow. Oh, um, holy heck. It's hard to say, you know, because we still haven't. I haven't had any. Yeah. Ooh, I don't think. Yeah, not, not, not certainly not uh, fresh or previously frozen. You know, like I mm. like like I had a little bit of like a little like like packaged pastry like like a little uh like like puff pastry twist that had some like durian like jam mm. in it mm -hmm. but that that is clearly a different experience than this because <laughs> <laughs> yes. I was kind of like why does this jam taste like garlic and like but th that was like that was all I really felt about it I'm a little worried uh, <laughs> that you will be haunted by this durian for the rest of your life, to be honest. I know. Um. <laughs> it sounds, I mean... It's, it's lurking. It's, uh -huh. <laughs> it knows it's, you now. It does. It does. And you've tried all of these things. Very creative <laughs> solutions. Desperate <laughs> solutions. And it didn't work, so I don't know. Oh, <laughs> well... I hope uh, the rest of your <laughs> meals <laughs> go well <laughs> during the holidays. Uh huh. Yeah, I hope that something eventually. I hope that it's like a like like getting a song stuck in your head, kind of, and that like yeah. eventually you kind of get it out, and like yeah, maybe it'll pop back, but like less less intensely every time, you know. Right, and you know, maybe one day you'll try a different durian, and it'll be a good durian, or maybe. It'll be the same. Yeah, but That's the curse of the durian. <laughs> I would love to hear how your brother's experience goes if he did eat the rest of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, let us know. Yeah. Keep us updated on this durian situation. Yeah, and everybody else as well. Absolutely. Yes. Oh, yes. Um. <laughs> Well, thank you so much to Kina for writing in. If you would like to write to us, you can. Our email is hello at saverpods.com. We're also on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at SaverPod. And we do hope to hear from you. Saver is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thanks, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thanks to you for listening. And we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. 
Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach! Give me great food. Tacos! Give me adventure. Hiking! Give me a date night. Sunset cruise! Give me some smiles. Cheese! Give me more beaches. Beaches! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.